the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Thanks for joining the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Happy to be with you for the next hour to talk about how we can grow your wealth, manage your wealth, stay atop of a volatile market, and help you deal with those changing conditions so that you don't get hit by, like so many people are getting hit these days. Aptus Wealth Management is located in Lewis Center, just a little bit north of 23 and 270, right off Route 750, and they work with many of their clients remotely, so that's not an issue. You can set up a free consultation at 614-917-1040 or at aptuswealth.com. Josh, welcome in, and we always begin the program by talking a little bit about current events. The Fed is going to meet in mid-December, maybe another rate hike of 0.75 basis points. We'll get to that, but the big news in finances this week is the implosion of FTX, which is a Bitcoin, I don't know if it's an exchange or it's part of an exchange, but it's this 30-something kid who was, uh, you know, on the cover of Forbes, big star, Sam Bankman-Fried. Turns out that he was pulling from one account into another. And basically, if you had any money with FTX, you've lost it. You've warned about Bitcoin, not to stay away from it, not that it's, you know, a definite way to lose your money, but you've just said be cautious and don't have it as one of your primary investments. I just kind of wonder from a long view what you think as you look at this and read about this from the outside in. Well, I think, you know, the, the potential for cryptocurrency in general is very positive, but it's a new thing, right? And that's really what I was warning people about is I, I think, you know, crypto was originally designed, and I'm talking about all cryptocurrencies, whether it's Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the ones that you're following. They're all designed to, to be, you know, kind of a hedge against inflation because the government can't control the currency. And people view those dollars somewhat as cash alternatives. However, if you think about cash, the purpose of cash is solvency and keeping your money very readily available, keeping it very unvolatile so that you have access to it and you don't have $10 one day and five the next. Mm -hmm. And that just hasn't been the case with any cryptocurrencies. They've been more volatile than the stock market, you could argue. And there's a lot of pundits and pros that would say, yeah, it's been more volatile, but look at how well it's done over time and yada, yada. But the problem with that is... Much like we had issues with stocks a hundred years ago and the uh, you know the the trading platforms that they were on, we're seeing this with FTX now. Obviously, this is a catastrophic failure sure. where your money was essentially we're not sure yet, but it sounds like it was just flat out stolen. Um, you know, you're going to have some of that in the early ons, and I think that's what I was really warning: is not only do you have in a market that's incredibly volatile that people were I think were overweighting and overbanking on, but you also have these these exchanges that are in their infancy and they're completely unregulated and your money there is essentially numbered. So, you know, the whole benefit is you can't get to my money because you don't know who I am. 
Well, you can't get claim back to your money because nobody knows it was yours. And that's what we're really encountering here. Yeah, it's really strange. You mentioned the lack of regulations. And from the outside, it's always easy once things go south to look back and go, well, gee, how did you miss that? I mean, here's this young man. He's in the Bahamas. Okay, he's not doing business in the U.S., but he's coming to the U.S. periodically, and he's meeting with people in Washington to ostensibly, like, design the regulations for the business that he's in. I mean, I sense a conflict of interest there. I don't know if anybody else does. But when these things go south, and we've had them before, like Enron is the one everybody talks about. And it's interesting, the uh, guy who was appointed to oversee Enron's kind of train wreck at the end is also now appointed the new CEO of FTX, this enterprise that went under. And he points to the lack of regulation of this industry. He said, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here from compromised systems integrity and faulty regulatory oversight abroad, blah, 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 blah. And the reason I bring that up is because in your business, it strikes me that you deal with a lot of things like, you know, stocks, bonds, and different assets and stuff like that. And I know you're careful to make sure that these kinds of things are regulated to the extent that when people invest in them, sure, they can go up and down. That's how you can lose your money or multiply your money. But these people's money was stolen from them. And that's not going to happen with the kinds of things that you guys are in. Yeah. You know, and there are elements to our industry where some of this has occurred. I mean, think of Bernie Madoff, yep. right? Um, so how do you insulate yourself or protect yourself against the Bernie Madoffs of the world or the FTXs of the world? And the answer is, um, number one, clear through an exchange that has a long tenured track record and is heavily regulated. So, for example, are you worried about Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity stealing everybody's money? I mean, it could happen, I suppose, but I can't think of too many entities that are more regulated and have more to lose than them. Um Is it always possible that if you invest in Enron or Coca-Cola, these companies could go out of business? Of course. Do you have to do your own due diligence? And is that part of my job to make sure that we invest in good companies? Yes. But we're not investing on a platform or in any institutions or any investments for that matter where there's this risk of FTX. Uh, And, and, you know, there are ways to protect you against that. And that's just unfortunately I see all too often for every FTX of the world – there is a what we call a Reg D filing, mm-hmm. and a Reg D filing simply means we're not governed by the same rules of the SEC, so we're going to do a you know, oil and gas partnership or a privately held REIT where we're only going to raise $5 million, and then we'll have number one, number two, number three. And you know the, the, the caveat to kind of get them out of punishment from doing it that way or allow them to do it that way is, well, we're only open to, uh, to accredited investors which means you have to have a certain amount of money. So I guess that inherently means that if you have a lot of money that you know what you're doing, which isn't always the case, there's plenty of lawyers, doctors, uh, small business people that are very affluent that aren't hip to what a reg defiling is. So, you know, you, you got to tread lightly, but you know, one of the benefits of doing this for, you know, we're going on my 23rd year now is I've seen a lot of these things occur. Mm -hmm. So you kind of know what to stay away from and what to go through with. Josh pick Aptus wealth management located in Lewis center. They'll, Be happy to host you for a free consultation at 614-917-1040. You can also set it up online at aptuswealth.com. And if you do choose the online option, I'd highly suggest that you subscribe while you're there to Josh's YouTube channel. This might make a good topic for the YouTube channel, the FTX Implosion. 
Search Josh Pick Finance on YouTube or, as I said, sign up for the uh, notification that when there's new content posted, you'll get that notification via signing up at aptuswealth.com. The advantage of the YouTube channel is that we talk about these same kinds of topics in smaller doses. You can pause the video. You can take notes on the video. You can replay it. It's a great way to digest that information so that you don't get caught in a situation like this. There's always, it seems to me, downstream consequences of something like this. And there are, as you mentioned, several different, you know, Bitcoin options out there or Bitcoin exchanges. They're going to be a loss of trust, I'm sure. Somewhat people just panic like, uh oh, I might lose mine. So the other firms that uh, are dealing in Bitcoin say that, you know, a lot of firms may be wiped out, shut down. There was a 55 percent decline in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been down for a while. But, you know, my guess is I don't know. I'm not basing this on anything is that these kinds of things are cyclical. It'll probably go down. It'll stay down for a while. And then inevitably it'll come back up. And that regulation that now certainly is going to come will, I think, make people in the future a lot more have the have a lot more peace of mind about being involved in something like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you really and I've said this from the very beginning, if you if you're in Bitcoin because you believe that it's a way for you to hide money, not have to pay taxes and get explosive growth, that is directly contradictory to why it was created to begin with. And ultimately, the government will have to put its hand in to make sure things like this don't occur. And I'm not for government regulation and heavy government oversight. That doesn't seem to be a good thing. But there has to be a certain level of it to make sure that you're not dealing with just flat out crooks. But once that happens, the benefit will be it will add stability, I would assume, to Bitcoin. It'll add more legitimacy to Bitcoin. But it'll also just inherently remove a lot of the explosive growth from Mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So we'll actually end up becoming what I think everybody thought it was supposed to become, which will mean it's not nearly as sexy and enticing and romantic as it currently is. So the future is yet to be seen. I don't necessarily think that it's going to go away. But I also, quite frankly, don't know why it would go up or go down other than just supply and demand. So it's not an investment that that I think is a very predictable long-term play. You know, the guys who have doubted this from the beginning have now dunked on it, of course. Jamie Dimon's always said it's worthless and that it's a fraud. Uh, And I don't know that that's necessarily true, but what I do know is that people who have worked hard to get some degree of financial security for the future want to be with somebody who knows what they're doing and can explain to them what they're doing and why they're doing it. I think a lot of people who lost their money here with FTX were hoping that um, you know this kid was as he was branded some kind of a genius but you've as you've said done this Josh for 23 years and there are strategies that work and there are some things that maybe other financial managers are at peace with doing that you're not at peace with doing and you've had to sort of respond to a lot of people who in this type of culture that we're in right now and this kind of market that we're in right now with inflation and other things threatening people's investments, you've had to not talk people down off the ledge, but I just kind of wonder if you're having more conversations with your own clients or you're hearing from more people who are coming to you because maybe they've A, never had an advisor before, or they have an advisor that they don't think right now is being responsive to their questions. Yeah, I think there's both. Um, And unfortunately, Bruce, we talked offline before we started today, and I said, you know, the unfortunate part is while I want the market to go up all the time, Mm -hmm. and I want everybody to meet all their hopes and dreams and everything be smooth running, downturns are my best time. Um, And it's because, unfortunately, communication is very important. Listening to your client is very important. And also pivoting 
you know, if it's raining, wear a coat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard from a client today uh, a couple of things. One, he said, I was doing great until this recent Biden bump, which I thought was just kind of an interesting way to say. Yeah, I've not heard know, that. My 401k went to a 201k real quick. Huh. Uh, but, you know, he went to his advisor and he said, hey, you know, it seems to me, I'm not a pro at this, but it seems to me that interest rates are rising. So that's going to be unfavorable for bonds. And it seems to me that as we're doing all this stimulus spending, we're going to have an inflationary problem. The Fed might have to react to that, which is going to cause a downturn in the market. What are some alternatives to maybe hedge my bets? Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not trying to get out of the market. I'm not trying to say that you know, I, I want to go fixed 100% or I want to try and day trade and go cash. But what are some directions that we can lean one way or the other to hedge my bets? And he was met with a, well, you know, just hang in there. We're going to stay the course. And unfortunately, that seems to be the response from a lot of advisors, and that just turns into floodgates in my office because that's just simply not the way that we do things, as you're well aware. Yeah. But there's also been a, a separate kind of sect of investor, and that is, and I make fun of my kids all the time on this because I say, they go, I know what I'm doing. I saw it on YouTube, <laughs> right? And it, it kind of beckons. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Big Bang Theory, but oh, yeah. uh, Sheldon said, I, I know how to swim. I watched how to swim on YouTube. And, you know, he's, he learned in his living room without any water. <laughs> well, similarly, I'm getting this other group of investors who, you know, as a result of COVID, there's been a huge explosion of people investing in the market, kind of hopping on this this hot train. And they felt like if I research some things online, I'll know what I'm doing. Why pay an advisor? And unfortunately, the, the rooster's coming back. And uh, they're realizing maybe I could benefit from, if nothing else, the 23 years worth of mistake experience that uh, somebody who's been doing this a long time has. And maybe they can keep me out of trouble, keep me in the shallow water a little bit. Yeah, the people who got stimulus checks and decided to jump in in the market when everybody's winning in the market. It's a little bit like becoming a fan of a football team when that team's up four touchdowns with you know three minutes to go in the game. It's a little bit more difficult when that team, you know, has the number one overall pick in the draft and they really need to rebuild. And so I know that you've been through these kinds of ups and downs before and you have crafted strategies to deal with them. And my wife and I sat for the free consultation at Aptus and we really liked your strategy to uh, tie to the market and minimize losses if, if the market goes down and, you know, you get some of the gains when the market goes up. And I just wonder how that option that I chose and my wife and I chose but we also have, you know, our money split not just all into one thing, but into some different things. I wonder if that's a strategy that you're seeing gain more popularity with people as you discuss it now, because while the market is down and then every day, oh, it's up, oh, no, it's down, it does, you know, I think portend this sort of uncertainty out there. Is it down as much as it's going to be down, or is there more trouble coming? Yeah, nobody knows. Right. I mean, we know, we oftentimes hear, well, over the next 10 or 20 years, we know that you're going to do great in the market. And you meet with somebody who's 75 years old and you say, over the next 20 years, <laughs> and they go, well, uh, yeah, my runway might be a little shorter than yeah. that. Is there any way you can guarantee me or get me to where I need to be in five years? <clears throat> I think not only is it becoming, does it always become more and more popular the closer and closer you get to the end zone of retirement, but also today is a really amazing time for obviously not the market, but for fixed instruments versus what they've been for the last 20 years or so. Um, I, I can't think of a time prior to or, or you know, post 2001, maybe, where we've seen fixed rates where it's at and also volatility in the market where it's at to make some of the things that you just mentioned look as attractive as they do. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say they're gaining more popularity, um, which they are, but I, I think they're gaining more practicality just because of the way that rates are. 
And, you know, you had said earlier that, you know, people kind of hop on that that hype train, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and everybody wants to invest. And, and last week I talked about, you know, how everybody always picks on millennials because, oh, you know, it's always the generation after you is the dumbest generation sure. ever, right? We've always done that. Everybody agrees the greatest generation and then everybody argues about the rest. Well, I had actually boosted up the millennials on last week's show. I said, you know what? You can say whatever you want. They're saving more than previous generations have been saving. However, I also laid a caveat to that, and I said, they're also what I would deem to be kind of fair-weather investors. They have not had to deal with any of these downturns. So my concern is that while they're aggressively saving now, what happens when it the water looks a little murkier? and It's not as exciting. Well, I found a study that just came out. Okay. And what we found was that, you know, amidst all of this inflation and market volatility, people are saving less, which stands to reason if inflation's way up, you might not have the money to save. Correct. However, in order, and this shows that experience matters, 40% of baby boomers said that they're saving less, 59% of Gen Xers, which is the one right after them, say they're saving less, and 65% of millennials are stopping saving or saving significantly less than they were a year ago. So what that tells me is twofold. You could argue that, well, millennials, you know, maybe don't have as much money to save because they're younger and inflation is hitting them harder, mm-hmm. perhaps. But the other piece of that would be, well, you know, it was all good and fine and dandy when the market was shooting up like a rocket ship. And now I don't know if I want to play this game anymore, which might, you know, if anybody should be saving a ton of money in the market, it's people with the most amount of time. So it's, it's sad to see that that's occurring. It is because... You know, the old adage, buy low, sell high, and the market is down, it's by definition lower than it used to be. And so if you continue to be disciplined, and you talk a lot about discipline and the necessity for discipline, that's you know going to pay off in the long run unless the entire thing uh, goes flat and then everybody loses. So I know that's uh, not something that we expect. It's never been the case in uh, the stock market. It's never been the case in the U.S. financial markets because we have been the gold standard, not just not literally the gold standard, but we've been the standard by which other economies are envious. You can sit for a free consultation with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Set that up online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. When you do, sign up to be a subscriber to Josh's YouTube channel. And if you missed an early portion of this program and you'd like to hear it in its entirety, we replay the program tomorrow on The Answer at noon. Josh joins me every Monday at 1230 for Money Monday, where we tackle more current events and also take a long view of how he and his team would approach managing your wealth, and you'll also gain useful information so that you understand and are not quite as panicked by some of the volatility that is out there. A lot of the people now are worried about the Fed and raising interest rates. There's been a lot of debate about, is the Fed doing the right thing, raising too much, raising too often? They're scheduled to meet again in December. And I don't ever remember, maybe because the Fed wasn't in the news as much when things were good, that we now hear these comments periodically from, like, the Fed president from a certain city, the St. Louis Fed chairman or the Cleveland Fed chairman or stuff like that. What I found interesting was that not all these guys who are the head of a Federal Reserve bank get to vote on the raising of the rates. They have a committee that has 12 members that vote, seven Fed governors, and the New York Fed president are always on the committee that decides about rates. The remaining four spots come from a rotating cast. So information overload, we see, oh, this guy on the Fed said this. He may not even be voting on it. So you and I have talked before about how people can get so affected by one news headline or something that they hear, 
And a lot of times it may not really have any relevance to the thing that you're obsessing about. No, you see this in every piece of the news, right? Uh, the news is about, unfortunately, today, as we sit here and you could argue that we're doing somewhat of an educational news program, yeah. so we're almost talking about ourselves, but it's about listeners. And unfortunately, the angle that has been taken is fear gets listeners. Yeah. And as we look at, you're talking about the Fed, you know, 80% of Americans are currently very negative on the outcome of inflation over the next six to 12 months, which means 80% of Americans believe it's going to get worse from here in the interest rate department. Inflation isn't going to be brought under control for at least the next six to 12 months, and they're panicky. So anytime they hear anything about any of those topics, they want to listen. But a lot of it is just fodder, just nonsense. It doesn't even apply. Who we, you know, Right now, we're probably going to forecast what do we think the Fed's going to do in December. But we don't have any idea. No, we don't. The Fed probably doesn't even know yet. They still got to vote, right? Yeah. They've done things here recently that they've never done before, but we're in a situation that we haven't had to deal with before with inflation up at a generational high, a 40 year high. And, you know, we're starting to see, I think, some of that work itself out. I know the numbers came out today for housing starts, they're down 4.2%. It makes sense because, you know, everything is pretty much related to everything else. We all obsess about gas prices. Well, we tend to look at the gas price. We don't look at the diesel price. The diesel prices are way up. We hear about diesel shortages. Everything's sent to market by truck or train. And so if it's more expensive to get it to market, guess what? It's going to go up. Guess what? Inflation's going to go up. Yeah. So it's all tied together. And in that sort of perfect storm or imperfect storm, if you will, you encourage people to don't lose sight of the fact that, you know, retirement is coming. You have a lot more concerns with retirement now than you used to have. We, uh, my parents never thought about long-term care. That's becoming a reality for most of us. You've given stats before on people winding up in long-term care. The escalating cost of college, that's something that, you know, maybe that's a factor of the last 15, 20 years. It wasn't so much a factor when I was going to school. So there are a lot of pieces that fit into this puzzle that you're trying to put together and help people understand as you manage their wealth and work them toward retirement and getting there in a good place. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we say the word retirement, like it's this magical gold watch end zone. Mm -hmm. Let's call it financial independence because it would be easy for people to say things like, well, I'll never retire. So this, none of this stuff applies to me. Why am I even listening? Well, unfortunately about a third of us are going to be forced into retirement, whether we want to or not through health or taking care of a loved one, mm -hmm. or just a simple elimination of your occupation, perhaps whether that's your job or literally a whole sector of the economy. So, you know, I think it's it's very, very critical to focus on these things just to buy yourself options. If nothing else, buy yourself happiness. If there's one thing I've learned throughout the years, even if you have no desire to retire, but you go, you know, this isn't exactly my dream job. You know, I got this one boss or coworker, these meetings I have that drive me nuts. I'd be very curious how much they would drive you nuts if you knew you didn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is even your happiness at the same job goes up exponentially when you don't have to be there. So reaching that point of financial independence and knowing that you have kind of your, your general basis covered is incredibly important. And I think we've drifted away from that. We've drifted away from, you know, not having debt is a good thing. Um, eliminating as much as you can is a good thing. Having a safety net is a good thing. We all want to be the next super trooper smart guy who comes up with this leverage strategy on how he became a millionaire overnight. 
And the unfortunate reality is that's just simply not the case. There's enough studies that say that, you know, nine out of 10 people who are millionaires today didn't inherit a nickel. So nice try on that one. And 90% of the people who are millionaires today doesn't necessarily mean that they're retired and living on a beach somewhere. It just means that they grinded away. They didn't meet it overnight. They didn't find it in Bitcoin. They just had discipline and saved and saved and saved and made prudent choices, didn't react rashly when things happened. And having those bases covered, how would you feel if you knew when I want to retire, I can, or at least by this date, I can, if I want to. Mm -hmm. My kid's college is taken care of if I want to. And if I go to a long-term care facility, I'm not going to kick my wife out on the street or vice versa. And our house is protected. It's going to go to the kids. Would that be of any value to you? If it is, the only way you're going to get there is through planning. You're not going to do it just because you woke up one day and somebody decided it for you. That is what they specialize in at Aptus Wealth Management. That's worth a lot to me. I think it would be worth a lot to you as well. Set up your consultation online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. You can also do it on the phone, 614-917-1040. That peace of mind for my wife and I when we sat with Josh for the consultation, it was definitely understanding that there are answers in volatile times, and there's a way to capture that peace of mind, which is definitely, definitely worth a lot. Can't put a dollar value on it. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Glad that you have either joined us or stuck with us after the first half hour of the program. You can set up a free consultation with Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Do it via the phone by calling their office at 614-917-1040, or you can do it online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Wealth.com. I sat for the free consultation with my wife, with Josh and his team, and we have decided to put them in charge of our retirement. We're very happy with the plan that we have come up with. I think you will be too, but give them a chance to explain to you where you are in your finances right now. That's exactly what it is. It's a checkup, and then they'll talk about what your risk tolerance level is and what makes a good strategy for you going forward. And one of the things that I appreciated about the consultation was that I know my limitations when it comes to this kind of stuff. I know a little bit, but I know probably enough to be dangerous. I know what you do is really, really complex. It has to be. You've got a bunch of different places where you can invest people's money and invest your own money. But when people are confronted with an investment opportunity or when they're sitting across from a financial advisor, should they not expect to understand what is explained to them because it is a, you know, the bond market, the annuities, this, the, that. I get it. It's very complex, and you have to go through detailed licensing parameters and all that. But should they be able to understand what is said to them, or are these different options that they have for investing toward retirement so complex that it really is mostly a matter of trust with the person they're talking to? While I cannot discount the value of trust, and you definitely want to have trust in whomever you're working with, if they cannot explain to you simply how something works, then they probably have no idea how that item works. And, and I, I would akin that to, you know, I don't know the first thing about engines. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a clue. If you ever see me on the side of the road with my hood up, it's just because the sun's up and I'm trying to block the sun until the, <laughs> till the tow truck gets there. I have no idea, right? However, if I go to get my truck worked on, 
And the guy goes, well, you know, I mean, imagine how this would feel to you. It's going to cost you $2,000 because your doohickey thingamajig is, uh, is broken and your flux capacitor needs fixed. And he starts rattling off all this stuff and you go, well, what does that even do? And he goes, well, it's complicated. Yeah. You already feel like there's nothing wrong with my car and this guy's just trying to, and sorry to all the mechanics out yeah. there because I'm picking on you. But my point is, are all of these concepts complex? Yes. Could we nerd out and dive deep in the weeds on everything? Of course. But should you be able to fundamentally understand the reason for these three buckets of money is this and the advantages of bucket number one versus bucket number two and bucket number three and the choices that we could put in those and the advantages and disadvantages of both and why are we picking them? You should be able to understand that. I I can explain that to my five-year-old. You should be able to understand that. Now, will you necessarily be able to regurgitate all of that in a very concise, educated manner two years from now? Maybe, maybe not, but that's why we revisit it. But it's very, very important that you understand why and what you're doing, because if you don't, when times get tough like this, you might not understand the why or the why things are occurring, mm-hmm. and then you can panic and make poor decisions. So I'm thinking back to when I started thinking about retirement, and we're in a very different information age now than we were then. Back then, I subscribed to a couple magazines. I don't even know if these kinds of things exist anymore, but there were investors, the super investor who had a newsletter, and you'd wait, and that would arrive in the mail, a paper copy. Now anybody can go online. There's unending information out there. You have your own YouTube channel. I'm sure there's thousands, tens of thousands of other advisors who have their own. People can subscribe to yours by going to YouTube, searching Josh Pick Finance, or going to aptuswealth.com and signing up to be a subscriber. So has that been better for investors that they have more access to more information, or do they have more access to information which proves more confusing or more access to bad information? I think access to information is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So there's my disclosure right up front. However, um, you know, I mentioned to you offline that I looked online when I was doing some research from the show, and I said, you know, what topics can we talk about? Mm-hmm. And this is the list of items on MSN money mm-hmm. today. 20, 29% of Americans fail this basic retirement test. The downsides of retirement no one talks about. 25 things to sell when you're ready to retire. How soon can I afford to retire? The five things that you must do before retirement. The five things that you better not do before retirement. The seven things that you better not buy. The 14 things that you'll probably buy and never use. And when should I retire? I mean, this is just a general list. Yeah, That's a lot of lists that I'm supposed to keep track of. And apparently I only need to know somewhere between four and 65 things (laughs) and then I'll be in good shape. And I'll use one of these as an example of kind of information overload, which leads to analysis paralysis, which leads to bad decisions or no decisions. This was one, the pre-retirement checklist within five years of retirement. Now I'm going to agree with all of these things, by the way, but I'm also going to tell you all the things that are I mean, not all of them, but several that are missing that will become very obvious. Okay. Okay, so step one, I got to estimate my spending. So essentially, I got to come up with a budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds like sound research. How are you going to know if you can retire if you don't know how much money you need? Then I got to calculate my monthly income streams from other things like Social Security, pensions, et cetera. Sounds good. Then I got to decide, well, I'm going to have a gap, right? Or maybe, maybe not, but probably we'll have a gap. So I'm going to have to figure out how to fill that gap. Now, 
for whatever reason, number four is then go back and plan for Social Security. I guess that means when am I going to take it to maximize it? And then I better come up with a tax strategy. Now, I would argue that the tax strategy shouldn't be last, but nevertheless, I got to come up with a tax strategy. Now, all five of these things are things that you should probably do to establish your retirement plan. I agree with that. Well, what are some things that would just jump off the page to me as a financial planner that are not involved in these five things that you better figure out? What if you're married and one of you dies young? Mm. It doesn't say anywhere in here, plan for the sudden impact of a death of a spouse. It doesn't say, uh, well, you've estimated your spending, you've calculated your income stream, you've decided how to fill the gaps, you've planned for Social Security, you've got a tax strategy. It doesn't say plan for inflation. Yeah, I was going to say we're in a situation <laughs> right now where a right. lot of people maybe did all those things and costs have jumped. Right. It doesn't say, well, what if taxes go up? And I have yet to meet anybody who thinks taxes are going to go anywhere but up. They're yes. not going down. Well, what if uh, Social Security does, in fact, reduce? We talked oftentimes about the on this show that there's there's some stress on Social Security mm-hmm. right now. And sometime in the 2030s, they're going to have to make some changes. What if that affects you? Right. I guess the takeaway there is what about stress testing your plan? Mm-hmm. And then what about protecting your assets? Long-term care, you mentioned that earlier. Now here, I'm just shooting from the hip on things that should be done. And I guess to the the end reader of this, so you're sitting there going, I don't want to work with a financial planner because they're going to charge me some money, right? And I don't want to spend the money because I've read, you know, statistics that says 97% of financial planners are awesome and the other 97% are terrible, (laughs) right? Because these statistics just fly around like, like nonsense. I don't want to work with one of them, so I'm going to go and start reading all this stuff. I think what's ultimately going to end up happening is you're going to just get confused Mm -hmm. as one could possibly be. So, you know, what do I think is of value? Decide you're not sure if you want to work with a financial planner. Maybe you've never even talked to one. Matter of fact, over 50% of the people in the United States have never even sat down with one. So they don't even know what that looks like. And oftentimes when people come in, they say things like, well, I didn't meet with one because I didn't think I had enough money. I didn't meet with one because I was... I was kind of scared and embarrassed, to be mm-hmm. honest. I didn't meet with one because I just figured they'd talk down to me. Take the time to meet with one. Our process is we're going to meet with you at least three times. Come up with the plan. Come up with the blueprint. Find out what you're trying to accomplish. See what you're doing so far. And by the end of that process, by the end of that plan, you will end up with an actionable plan that whether you choose to do it with us or not is completely up to you. You're going to learn a lot. We might not be the right fit for you, but I do know that throughout that planning process, if you feel a level of confusion through 23 years of doing this and doing something for 40 hours a week plus 20, you know, for Mm -hmm. 20 plus years, you know what actually counts and what doesn't. And I promise you it's not a 14 number list for every single person that comes into the office. That's preposterous. Yeah, well, content gets created, and there are so many different financial sites and magazines. I think content gets created because they've got a content hole to fill, and so they redo these lists over and over and over again. But you make a great point that there is no doubt great information in there, but you can't obsess about it. And, you know, I know that I was able to understand everything that you were saying, and I had that same fear. I came in, and I thought, "Mm, you know, we've um, probably not saved as much as we should have. But I think people's probably number one fear when they come in is that, that I haven't done a good job, I haven't started early enough, and I'm going to get lectured to, or I'm going to be told I'm inadequate, and nobody likes to hear that they've fallen short. So how do you handle those kinds of situations? How do you put people at ease when they come in? And if somebody really is behind, what kind of fixes are there for somebody who's, let's say, 58 years old and 
Retirement is uh, coming up quicker than they want it to, and they haven't done the work ahead of their 58th birthday to be in a good spot. Well, I'll pick on you a little bit. Your exact words, whether you remember them or not, were just tell me how bad it is. Is that right? right? Wow. <laughs> right? Well, I'm the eternal optimist. <laughs> Uh, and it wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't no, it bad wasn't. at all, right? But, you know, I think to answer your question, um, there is, and I say this all the time, and, and of course it's cliche, but, you know, it's an old an old proverb, you know, what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? What's the second best time today? You don't know. If, you're, if you know and you're scared, that's one thing, but most people are scared about the boogeyman under the bed. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what's under there. Right. They have no idea. They just feel like I feel. Well, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the facts don't really care about your feelings. Um, find out what the facts are, and and maybe that will actually overcome some of the feelings. But to answer how how we how we handle that, it's my job to simply look at what you have and look at what you're trying to accomplish and show you the picture, and then show you the get out of jail free route. Mm-hmm. Here's how you fix that. Now, that might be, it's not always rosy, folks, all right? I mean, it's not always rosy. It might be, I know that you really want to retire at 65, and you can. Anybody can retire anytime they want. It's just a matter for how long, right? I mean, if you're 20, you can retire today. It might just be for four or five days, and then you're going to have to go back to work. (laughs) So, you know, we can do that. And and I'll give you an example where sometimes, you know, I think as advisors, we kind of, we get off the rails a little bit. People will come in and say, nobody in my family's lived past 75 ever. I'm already in poor health and I'm on dialysis. And then we show them a financial plan that goes out to 95 years old and goes, well, you better not spend a lot of money or you're going to be broke when you're 80, nine years old. Right? And he mm-hmm. goes, I just got done telling you, I'm not going to live past 75. So everybody's plan's different. But it may be as simple as me saying, listen, you got to save an extra hundred bucks a month. If that's not possible, an extra 50. And you're right. You're not going to be able to retire by 65. But you could you hate your job, and that's why you want to do it. You could go part-time doing something else at 64, get out of your job earlier, and just work part-time till you're 67. Does that sound better? And they might go, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing, right? So we don't know what the answers are. All I can tell you is I'm an echo chamber or a, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, sounding board? I'm a sounding board for yeah. all the things that do and don't work. Yeah. I've seen it. I had a client come in today, and they said, you know, I don't want to retire because everybody that I know re- that has retired just sits in front of the TV and then dies. Well, they've never seen people actually enjoy retirement. So mm-hmm. what's my purpose there? You better have a plan. You better have something that gives you purpose to get you out of bed in the morning. And if you have all those things, you too, my friend, can enjoy retirement. But you don't have to. So it's different for everybody. And how we handle that is just simply showing them where they're at, what they can do, how they can improve their situation. It's interesting you brought that up because that's kind of where I wanted to go next. First, I want to remind people, if you'd like to sit for the free consultation with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management, you can do it on the phone, 614-917-1040. Set it up on the phone, I mean. You can also set the consultation up by going online to Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, and you can do it remotely. They have learned, as as have all of us, uh, to communicate remotely during Zoom and so if you're out of the area, you like what you hear, you're intrigued by what you hear, you can get with Josh and his team remotely. And their physical location is in Lewis Center, right off Route 750. Very easy to get to, plenty of parking, no problems at all. And that's just a little bit north of 70, 270 and 23. I was curious when you talked about the person who says, I don't want to just sit in front of the TV all day. I don't think that's most people's view of retirement, most people's view of retirement, maybe it's just mine, is that you 
don't have to go to work anymore. You play golf every day. You travel around the world. But you really deal with people who have done retirement right, who've planned for it. What does retirement look like in 2022? And I know there's more than one answer, but I just think that's a interesting perspective to speak into is what does retirement look like now for the people who are doing it well? I think you hit the nail on the head that it's different for everybody, but I'll tell you what you don't want it to look like. And then we'll get to some of the options that I think look really good. What you don't want it to look like is one of not financial independence. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that oftentimes people will come to me after they've retired and they went, you know, I put in my 40 years, so I quit. And you go, oh, uh, you did do some math before you did that, right? Because you're going to run out of money. And then retirement becomes kind of a miserable place. You don't want to do that. You want to do planning ahead of time. But retirement, at least what I view to be the people who are the happiest in retirement, there seems to be some very consistent things. One, if you want to be the best grandfather or best grandmother or best grandparent ever, a lot of people find a lot of enjoyment out of spending time with their grandkids, mm-hmm. and that's great. Travel seems to be a big one, but you better have planned for that because if there's one thing we've learned from all of this, you know, high gas prices, et cetera, uh, travel ain't cheap. Nope. So you better have a plan for that. Um, but I think the overwhelming and golf, everybody likes to sure. golf, right, except for me. But everybody likes to golf, but you can't golf every day yeah. or it becomes your job. And then golf isn't fun anymore, right? The reason golf is so much fun is because you don't get to do it every day. That's right. Purpose is critical. Um, and I, if you come into my office and people who are my clients that are listening right now are nodding their heads, the first question I ask you when you say I'm ready is I'm going to go, what are you going to do? What's your purpose? What's going to get you out of bed in the morning? And that purpose can be a lot of things. I have a client that uh, is very involved in his church. And uh, several days a week, he gets up, he goes and grabs a church van. He drives to local, uh, think of Costco and all these different places. Mm-hmm. It's, the stuff's a little past due. Picks it all up, drives to food pantries, and gives them all the extra food. It's a couple hours, a few days a week. That gives him purpose, starts his day, keeps him happy, feels like he's doing something. Some people flat out work. Some people volunteer. Some people do a lot of different things. But you better find your what gets you out of bed in the morning or you do run the risk of being that sitting in front of the TV, not to quote the, uh, you know, the polarity, the polarizing man, Donald Trump, but he says to retire is to expire. So I'm saying financially independent, but don't retire from life. Go do things. Well, we talk a lot here on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show about, you know, what things you should do. And where you really caught my attention as somebody who said something that I'm a big believer in common sense. It made so much common sense. It's been true in my life. You talked about one of the things that is essential to working toward that financial independence late in your life. You said one of the most important things you can do, it wasn't save X. It wasn't, you know, work two jobs. It wasn't anything financially related. You said, get on the same page with your spouse, pick the right spouse, pick the right spouse for you. And I just thought that was really insightful because that's so true in my life. That has been so true that my wife and I are aligned in how we view money. Like one of us is not crazy, like spending all the time. And the other one is saving all the time because a lot of couples break up over money. And if you're trying to execute anything as a couple, whether it's raising your kids or doing whatever, if you're on the same page, it's a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, and I mean, that applies to everything. Warren Buffett has a really funny thing on this, by the way. He says, you know, there's one quality that's the most important to finding the perfect spouse. Now, some people will say it's beauty. Others will say it's being on the same page financially. Some people will say it's intelligence. 
It's not any of those things. It's finding somebody with really low expectations. <laughs> and I, I joke, obviously, but I think, you know, I can't speak to everything that has to do with a spouse, although I'm fortunately very happy in that uh, department, but I'm sure we can all think of people who aren't. Now, imagine if you're already in a strained relationship and you have different beliefs on money, and now you're both staring off of the cliff of retirement, mm. ready to do that parachute jump for the first time, not sure if you packed your chute right, and you both disagree on what the chute should look like. It's a very challenging thing to do. Um, and fortunately, because there are facts involved, you'll have two people that come in and one person says, well, you know, I think we have not enough money. We better buckle down. And the other person says, utopically, that everything's going to be great. And uh, if we just, you know, close our eyes and cross our fingers and maybe pray, it's all going to be great. And we don't mm -hmm. have to worry about money management. And I get asked the question, how do you take those two people and get them on the same page it's not that hard, actually. Um, now, I don't think you're fundamentally going to change those two people. There are savers and spenders, and there are people who worry and people who don't. But ultimately, you can bend them back to the same. And I think it would be an, uh, almost impossible, if I'm going to be a, an advocate for any group of people, that you should go see a financial advisor of some kind. It would be the people who are on pol polar opposite ends of that spectrum. Because the only way that you're going to get on the same page is with an arbitrator, essentially. And the arbitrator has to be rooted in fact. So the person who says we can't spend any money because we're going to run out of money, you need somebody to be able to tell them, well, you're wrong. And the person who says we can spend carte blanche as much as we want and we're never going to run out of money, you need somebody other than the other person to say, well, you're wrong and get them united and then hold them accountable. So one of the, you know, the benefits of meeting with people every six months is holding them accountable. Be surprised how many times I have people come in and say, well, I make $300,000 a year, but I only need four grand a month to live on. Well, and you must be saving a lot, mm. but they're not. Well, they're not holding themselves accountable. Or when we retire, we need five grand a month. All right, well, we're six months in and you just got done spending a hundred grand. I'm not really good at math, but that doesn't add up. So we have to hold you accountable. And that can bring those two people together through that accountability. Set up your free consultation at Aptus by calling 614-917-1040 or do it online, AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. While you're signing up online, subscribe to Josh's YouTube channel, you can stop the content, you can take notes on it, you can replay it. It's a great way to digest these principles in smaller doses. How much of the conversation do you find when you're dealing with a couple working toward retirement is uh, convincing and how much is just exposing information and you find that when you do that, the uh, accord is reached without an, an accord, A-C-C-O-R-D, an accord, an agreement is reached they both end up essentially on the same page just because you've presented information and they both arrive at the same place without any arm twisting or convincing on your part. Yeah, there's, there's two different types of people. Uh, obviously, there's shades of gray involved in there. But in general, there's people who really, this isn't their ballywick. They have no idea about finance. And for them, it's comforting just knowing I had no idea what my choices were. And now I know and I understand them. And nobody's actually talked to me in a way that I could understand them. I just thought that this was way beyond my level of understanding. And those people are, are in general pretty easy other than the ones that are fearful of everything. And there are people that just have, uh, they have a retort for every solution. You know, they, no matter what you tell them, I mean, it gets bad, you know, well, you know, we'll put all your money in a bank then. Well, you can't trust those. Well then put it under the mattress. Well, my house will probably burn down. Right. I mean, they just have a, a, a retort for everything. Those are the most difficult. Yeah. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you have, people who fancy themselves the best investors of all time. 
And I actually really enjoy those people. Now, most people in my profession hate those people uh, because they don't want to get into these intellectual conversations of just, you know, splitting hairs. But the reality is, if you're doing financial planning logically, and it is, in fact, based in fact, then you can have a conversation about what are your choices. The reason I'm telling you this isn't because I'm trying to sell you something. That's just not what we do. And you mm-hmm. can expound on Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Yep. I'm not trying to sell you anything. What I'm trying to do is give you the best option for every parameter you just gave me. And that is a very clear-cut answer in most instances. So if you give clear-cut answers and solutions to exactly what people are asking for, where's the, where's the argument? The argument's just, you gave it to me, so I don't like it. That's a fair argument. But then you're not going to be a good client anyway, so that's fine. But as long as you listen more than you speak, and as long as you come up with the best plans and you're not married to, you know, one of the benefits of being independent is I don't have to sell a product from XYZ Corporation. I'm just going out in the marketplace and finding the best thing that's available in that particular category. So it's pretty easy, fortunately, Bruce, on my side of the table. Yeah, and I can speak to it. I mean, when my wife and I went in, you know, I, as Josh said, he wasn't joking. I mean, I was pessimistic. I didn't know where we stood. I mean, I knew that we had prioritized savings, but we had had some uh, employment adventures, I guess, in my career. And I trend toward being more of a pessimist than an optimist. So I thought the news would be bad. And the number one thing that we came out of it with was just peace of mind, because I thought, okay, now we've got a solid plan. And and my wife is thrilled not to be in charge of it anymore and have it with you. So I would highly encourage you guys to go with at least the free consultation. Sit down here. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it's not for you. But I just think you arm yourself with information and see where it goes. Set it up online. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, or 614-917-1040. Josh, look forward to doing this with you again next week. You as well. Thanks. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.